Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Luminol, Luminol Cocktail. Uh, my word processor that I was using, I was just using pages. And for some reason, it has stopped entirely. Oh, fun. And it won't let me open it. And it won't let me update it. You should just get Microsoft Word. I pay like 10 bucks a month to have Excel, Word, everything. Yeah, but Google Docs is free. <laughs> yeah, it's only 10 bucks though. I'm just saying, $10 is a decent amount of Taco Bell, which I'm not allowed to have right but now. But you're on a diet. <laughs> I am on a diet, so I'm not allowed to have it, but... If I want to have a cheat day, mm-hmm. I want to have that $10 to get that Taco Bell. It's fair. So, I'm just What saying. do you order at Taco Bell that's more than, or at least $10? Mine's like three bucks, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, sweetie. If I'm going to Taco Bell. I'm getting a spicy potato soft taco and a quesadilla with ground beef and a cheesy gordita crunch. Mm-hmm. Do you get a drink, too? I usually don't, actually. Mm. I, because normally I'm, like, going somewhere with my Taco Bell. So I'll just get, like. Usually my house. Usually your house, yes. (laughs) Well, because the Taco Bell by my house is really shitty and disappointing. Which Taco Bell do you go to around here? Uh, I go to the one right up the road. Like, across from the Chick-fil-A. That's a bad one. See, but that one's better than the one by my house. Because the one by my house, everything tastes like it's at least three days old. Ew. It's so bad. Don't love that. Yeah, like, we ordered it one time on DoorDash, and I was like, oh, Don't maybe it's... Don't love that either. It's fine. I was like, well, maybe... I was really hungover. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair, I right. guess. Right. I was like, well, maybe it's just because it was delivered, and honestly, Taco Bell is not quite known for its freshness. So, I think it would be fun if, because this could be an episode someone, like, is first time listening to yeah yeah that we should probably let people know where they can find us in the beginning in the beginning yes what? and then it may be again at the end maybe again at the end depending on how we're feeling you guys know i fucking love to plug that shit okay i'm <laughs> gonna say it again at the end that's fine i'm gonna that's fine all right so <laughs> you can find us on instagram mm-hmm. at luminol cocktail pod we also have a Facebook page, which is Luminol Cocktail Podcast. And then we have a website, which I tend to, like it's my <laughs> newborn child, and that is luminolcocktail.com. We have a lot of variations of names, I'm noticing. Yeah. <laughs> Do our best. I mean. I can't change the website now. Well, I can't change the Instagram. <laughs> so. And Facebook won't let me change the. Uh, yeah. That's fine. So it's what we got to work with. It's it's some variation of Luminol Cocktail and maybe a Potter podcast. I have put our link tree on all of our social media sites. Ooh. So you should be able to pop around from one to the other. Fairly Stop being lazy. Simply. Once you can find one, if you can find one, you can find the others. Yes. Absolutely. Plus all of the ways to listen to us, all of the different platforms that were available. And if you want to recommend it us to someone and they're like where can i listen be like here you go motherfuckers just send that link just the whole little link tree it's so cute just a little tree growing Mm -hmm. in the forest Mm -hmm. me and tiffany are making i would say huge strides in our social media and editing we are learning abilities so much every day i learn something new honestly same (laughs) i like i don't know I go on Instagram or I go on the social medias and I'm like, how can I do this better? And then I learn something new and I try to implement implement it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I feel like we're better than we were when we started. It's been some weeks, yeah. even, some might say. Uh, it's been like 11. Wow. Because this is the 11th episode well, that. we're recording right now. Wow. Really hope that's not wrong. I'm pretty sure it's right because my phone and calendar is filled with like edit EP this, edit EP that, like record EP this, research information for this. Listen, if it was me saying, oh no, it's the 11th episode, I'd say we need to fact check it, but I trust you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I do a lot of things though where I'm jumping around from things, so. You're probably the most organized person that I know. Thank you. That's a compliment. 
to my soul. Yeah, like I'm a hot mess, you and you're just over here with your son. Oh my god! <laughs> you talk about organized. I can't even. I'm getting a chandelier up in there. Fuck. Yeah. Cause, cause why not? Yeah, it's your house. <laughs> exactly. Go big or go home, and I'm already home. So I was also bragging on your house today. Oh, thank you. To one of my friends, <laughs> even, she's, it's even more of a compliment oh, on my soul. She's talking about buying a house, and she's like, "Well, I guess like he was kind of shitting on this one house I wanted to look at because like the realtor was because Ew. it has like a realtor, right? Um, because she can it have has mine. like basic carpeting and basic like the whatever." basic package that you get from a builder because a house is only like five years old or something and he was like well mm-hmm. this is just basic there are no upgrades and she was like but so what it's a nice house overall and i can upgrade it later and i was like yeah that's what my friend Lindsay did like they got a house and i'm not saying it was the most basic because it wasn't but also like they've made a lot of changes to it and yes. have made it like <laughs> super nice like even nicer than it was when they bought it and it's fucking great more so. coming I know. Yeah. Makes me excited. I'm excited. I think, so Alex is saving for the master bath because that's the second thing he promised. So yeah. build some bookshelves and then a nice, awesome bathtub mm-hmm. for me to enjoy. Um, after that, though, I think we're going to do hardwood flooring. What are we talking about this week, Tiffany? We're talking about serial killers. Yes. And where they came from and why they are the way they are. Yeah. Which... There's a lot of there's a lot of things, so many things. There's so much, so so much information out there. Where did you get your your information from? All over the interwebs. Okay, so I used one book for any of my stuff, and Jesus. then me and Tiffany, yeah, all of my information came from that one book. See, you're the overachiever this week. <laughs> like that time I read that book and watched the movie, you just read the whole book. People been killing each other basically since the beginning. Yep. Depends on what beginning you're looking at, but yeah. If you want to get biblical, Cain was the first murderer. Which is funny enough because my book is called Sons of Cain. Yep. So yeah. that's and there's a nice little quote in there. Uh, yeah, I read the book Sons of Cain by Peter Vronsky, I think is his last name. Uh, that was That was a wild ride. Like, I... Rented it from the library, and I'm purchasing it for my own personal <laughs> collection because it's amazing and definitely oh. worth having once if you, you're into true crime. I was going to say, once you get it, I might have to borrow it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> now, I will say, I will go ahead and put it out there. A good portion of my research actually came from the FBI website because they know a thing or two. I just cheated. I just used one person's research they've spent like 15 years of their life doing. I don't think that's cheating. According to the FBI, quote, serial murder is a relatively rare event estimated to comprise less than 1% of all murders committed in any given year. There's a lot of murders, though. I'll tell you that. Moss, moss murders. (laughs) What we would come to know as serial killing was known as many things since nobody truly knew what to call it. It varied between thrill killing, stranger on stranger murder, and even pattern murder. In fact, it wouldn't be until May 1981 that the terms serial killer and serial murder began appearing in mass media. New York Times wrote about Wayne Williams, who was suspected of killing 31 children in Atlanta between the years 1979 and 1981, describing the incident being at the hands of a serial murderer. Before 2005, the traditional definition of serial killing, which was introduced by the FBI in the 80s, was a person who murdered three people on separate occasions with a cooling off period in between. I think that is something that's interesting is how the definition of serial killer has changed so much Mm -hmm. over time and how there are so many different, not I don't want to say classifications, but there are so many differing viewpoints of what technically makes someone a serial killer. There was also just additions being made to the original Mm -hmm. definition itself, which came out in the 80s by other people in that field. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, like it would very it it all kind of said the same thing though. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so basically that definition provided all sorts of statistical and conceptual errors because it essentially excluded murderers who had killed more than two victims but had only faced one or two convictions for murderers. So some serial killers that were excluded 
included Albert Fish, Ed Gein, and Wayne Williams. So dudes that we definitely do want to include. There are three main different classifications of serial killers, which are organized, disorganized, and mixed. Organized killers are exactly that. It would be me. I feel like I'd be an organized you killer. You would definitely be an organized killer if you were – I just got done saying how you're the most organized person I know, so it would only make sense. Oh, they're going to have a tough time figuring out Alex's murder. That's okay, though. It'd be fine. <laughs> so they plan and stalk their victims and use their charm to abduct others or gain control over them. They usually implement a three-location strategy where they abduct victims in one place, murder them in a second place, and dispose of the body in a third location, making it difficult for investigators to create or piece together a timeline. Which, that's, that's diabolical but to come up with that. I think it's... Because which one do you find first? Right. You know, I mean, I feel like generally where you, where you find the body. Yeah. Which is the last place. Which is the last place. So then you have to backtrack. It's a lot of detective work. That's why they're detectives. But I think that's a trademark of some of the more successful serial killers. They are usually more organized. Yeah. If they are people who are more prolific, like they have an organized plan of how they carry out their attacks. Yes. Um, So these kinds of killers clean up the scene and even attempt to destroy forensic evidence, which is kind of what makes them so difficult to catch. Right. Uh, Disorganized killers are the opposite. They tend to act spontaneously or on a whim. They use brute force, typically with a a weapon found at the scene, to subdue their victims and then usually leave behind a messy crime scene with a lot of evidence. And they do not implement the three-location plan since they tend to leave their victims in the place they first encountered them. Finally, there is a mixed classification, which is a combination of organized and disorganized. I think that would be me. You'd be the mixed one? I would be the mixed because, like, I'd be like, heat of the moment, I'm going to kill you. And then I'd be like, fuck, I'm going to get caught. I'm about to clean this shit up. And you get organized real fast. And then i get real organized real quick. Here, I'll give you a scene. You're okay. In, oh, you're, my God. You're in a bathroom. I'm in a bathroom. And you kill someone and spontaneously. kill someone spontaneously. Weapon of choice. Because usually weapons found there. You don't bring one. That's hard. A bathroom is a hard place to murder someone. You get like an old timey razor out. <laughs> I was gonna say, can I use the matches for my candles? If it's in the, if it's in your bathroom, sure. Okay, well I keep a lighter in my bathroom for well, my. Well, that's candle. gonna be a slow death. No, but I also have hairspray, so I can. Never mind. That's gonna be a fast death, and maybe you might take yourself down with it. You know what? If that's how I go, that's how I go. Either that, or yeah, old timey razor. Or you have one of those. It just I happen to have one of those laying around. <laughs> Like we said, over time, the idea of serial killers and the definition has been changed. It was believed that a serial killer was someone who murders at least three people in a more than 30-day period, or someone who has committed at least 10 violent, brutal, ritualistic homicides over time, taking on their own meeting for the serial murder, which honestly feels like too high of a bar. Another idea was someone who murders two or more victims with an emotional cool-off period between the homicides. In 2005, the FBI did land on that steady definition, the unlawful killing of two or more victims by the same offenders in separate events for any reason, including anger, thrill, or financial gain. Now, that meant that women, genocidal killers, contract and gangland killers, terrorists, and even missionary-type serial killers, like those who target abortion doctors or interracial couples, were included under the new definition, which was previously not the case. They kind of were just like, oh, these are people who just target these specific groups and not necessarily getting the title of serial killer, which they are. This is perhaps the most broad definition, but given the fact that there have been so many different MOs of serial killers and the variety of ways that cases have played out, it's perhaps the most appropriate one. Coming up with a general term and definition that can cover the variety of perpetrators and crimes is important for a lot of reasons. One of them being the further research of these cases. One of the most popular studied section of these crimes are serial killings that are sexually motivated. So as early as 19th century Europe, the sexual aspect of serial killers was already being examined to try and figure out links between sexuality and violent offenders. Dr. Richard, I'm going to fuck this name up. Von Kraft Ebbing. Sounds great. He sounds super fancy also, BT Dubs. Get tea with him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
He conducted some of the first documented research on violent sexual offenders and the crimes they committed. He's best known for his 1886 textbook, Psychopathia Sexualis, which also sounds like a bomb-ass book. Sounds fancy as fuck. Haven't read it. (laughs) Haven't been assigned to read it. Same. Dr. Kraft Ebbing described numerous case studies of sexual homicide, serial murder, and other areas of sexual proclivity to try and, you know, discuss what the sexual component could be bringing to these offenders. So there are a few current theories that attempt to explain what creates a serial killer. Spoiler alert, we really know next to nothing about what causes this in someone since literally everything is on the list. It's like, hmm, your mom gave you cold dinner one day. It's it's on the list. Could be a serial killer. Yeah. So some of them include... This is why you can't trust anyone. Anyone? Anyone. Not even, like, your spouse? I mean, I trust Ian. Who are we not trusting? What for I trust my mom. I trust my nana. There you go. I trust you. <laughs> it feels like you trust more people than what's your, your advice. But everybody solicits. else in the world, fuck those guys. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I, so why? Because they're going to make you a serial killer? No, because like, anybody can be a serial oh, killer and you just don't oh, know. Oh, so they've already... Okay, I understand. I thought we were like, they could make someone into a serial killer. Not uh, they, that they already they were. They also could make someone into a serial killer. Fun fact, you know the average age of a serial killer when they first kill is 28 years old? Dunno. <laughs> we are just creeping up there. <laughs> so that's fun. That is a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Some of them include lack of infantile bonding or neglect, formative childhood trauma, physical injury, physical injuries to the head, or abuse, either sexual or physical. Some other reasons include personality disorders like borderline personality disorder, which I think you dived into. I was going to say I touched on that in my job core killing yes, yeah. one because that's what the girl suffered from. Yep. Uh, antisocial disorder or disassociative identity disorder, which... If you guys are interested in that one, you should definitely read this book. It is called, oh fuck, it's by Ellen Hopkins. I'll recommend it on the website because it's really good. It really goes into the, <laughs> the deep side of, of DID. Cool. That's my little. All right. Yeah, that's kind of what got it's me into psychology. <laughs> You're geeking out over here. Sorry, like personality disorders, my bad. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Now, I think we would be remiss if we talked about serial killers and didn't talk about the McDonald triad because it's a thing that lots of people talk about. Psychiatrist J.M. McDonald wrote in a 1963 paper that there were three childhood behaviors that are often predictive of future predatory behavior. So these three things, these three childhood behaviors, are exhibiting cruelty to animals, an obsession with fire starting or arson, and persistent bedwetting past the age of five years old. Now, a notable member of the field of psychology who claims to have evidence that backs this theory is Robert Ressler, a.k.a. the Mind Hunter dude, a.k.a. the father of modern profiling, who is played by Jonathan Groff, a.k.a. King George from Hamilton, a.k.a. Kristoff from Frozen 1 and 2. Which Tiffany forgot in her initial sentence. <laughs> you know what? I am sorry. How dare. Sorry. That man has got some range. He does. And I, I would leave Alex for him. He's a beautiful actor. <laughs> he does great. Love him as King George. Love him as Kristoff. Just love him. I haven't seen him as Mindhunter. I'll be honest. I have not seen that yet. You gotta. You gotta. I will. You should. You just have it. <laughs> so some people say that the triad isn't actually a thing at all. But I think looking into... Who says this? What? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, the argument is that the behaviors that these people exhibit, yeah, like, you can't technically group them into the triad. Because I think, from my understanding, it's like, if this, if somebody exhibits all three of these things, they're going to be fucked up as an adult. Okay. Which is like, alright, cool, that does make sense. But then some people are like, you could have picked literally any three fucked up things from life. And said, like, if you do these three fucked up things as a kid, you're probably going to be a screwed up adult or an adult who's more prone to violence. So they're like, why is it these specific three things? So once again, we really know nothing, potentially. Yay, psychology. There's a reason why it's not my major. (laughs) I'm going to figure it out, okay? Well, the other argument is that 
all of these behaviors can also be attributed to abuse or parental neglect. Which, if you guys weren't listening, <laughs> causes serial killers. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, well, yeah, this is a thing. But also, we've kind of already talked about it because it can kind of be grouped So it's in multiple theories building upon themselves. Basically, okay. yes. I'm fine with that. But where did serial killers first make their appearance in history? It's a little dicey finding the exact pinpoint because records and such have been lost or weren't kept like they are now. Especially because there was such a wide range of what people considered to be a serial killer. And since early on in life, early on in the life of the world, in the life of humanity, there weren't a ton of people necessarily keeping track of, oh, hey, this person killed eight people. Maybe we're just going to kill them and forget they existed. That was probably a thing, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure every single, like, Disney story that's based off of, like, Grim Tales or whatever, I'm pretty sure those all came from some kind of serial killer out in the world. 100%. You can't, after this research, I'm convinced of this. Let's talk about Hansel and Gretel kids. They all feel like serial killers Uh are involved. The first recorded serial killer that I could find was Anula from Sri Lanka. She poisoned her son and four husbands before finally being able to ascend to the throne solely and serving as leader of her country without no man, sometime between 50 to 47 BC. There are other cases that are earlier that were kind of on the verge of being a serial killer, the most notable being a ring of women in Rome who had a poisoning ring, where they were basically like, hey, I'm tired of this dude, let's get rid of him. But as they far were the first people in the Lonely Hearts Club. Exactly. <laughs> but as far as cases of a singular serial killer I could find in my research, it was Anula. Pretty sure someone will do their own research and find one earlier. And for that, I say good job to you. Please let me know because, I mean, that's information I would like to have. Anula meets <laughs> the technical classification laid out by the FBI. She is a single offender with two or more murdered victims. The incidents occurred in separate events at different times. The time period between the murders are what separates them from being. So it's a cooling off period. Yes, thank you. There's a cooling off period. So it's a serial murder, not a mass murder. Jesus fucking Christ. Words are hard. So the appearance of serial killers began popping up in judicial records during the Renaissance, which is about the mid-1400s, which I was honestly surprised that even exist to, like, find. (laughs) Um, Surprisingly enough, as many as 300 serial killers were put on trial in Europe in the 200 years between 1450 and 1650. Unsurprisingly, these killers were arrested, charged, and tried as werewolves, which was a newly introduced crime that was punishable by death. Both real wolves and fantasy werewolves were blamed for centuries any time a child or woman was found mutilated or cannibalized. A good example of this whole werewolf wolf thing is Peter Stube. Is that how we're pronouncing it? It is. That's yes. how Google has told me. Lovely. Yeah. The werewolf of Bedburg, which every time I see it, I want to see say the werewolf of Bedbug. Me too. Also, there are way more famous werewolves, Dudes. I guess, <laughs> if you will. This one seemed the most fucked up to reference. Yes. So it's Germany, 1589. There is a whole 16-page pamphlet on his life and crimes, of which no German copies have survived. There are only two copies of this pamphlet in the English translation that are known to still be in existence. He was apparently a super fucked up dude who, after torture, admitted to cannibalism, as well as having a magic belt that was supposedly gifted to him by the devil, which turned him into a wolf when he wore it, and that's how he would carry out his crimes. He would put on his magical devil belt and go fuck people up. What the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I've someone told me, like, no, no, that's not, that doesn't, just no. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and at first he was like, no, I didn't do anything, everything's fine. And then they tortured him, and then he came up with this whole story. Well, I'm sure. Uh Uh-huh. The other fucked up part is that he also allegedly had an incestuous relationship with his daughter. Yes. 
which is not okay. I have more. Re- I have more research to follow up oh, on this. Tell me about that because the first thing I saw, I was like, "Was he a relative of Trump?" <laughs> back in the olden days, so Peter was involved in eighteen serial murders where he took the lives of thirteen children and two pregnant women. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he raped, killed, mutilated, and cannibalized his victims all while he appeared as a respectable functioning member of their community. It was the devil belt. Apparently. You know, (laughs) don't fuck with the devil, I suppose. So, yes, from my research, Peter did reportedly rape and impregnate his daughter. However, then he murdered and ate her child. No! Yeah. So Peter is probably the earliest historical account of an ordinary serial killer, similar to John Wayne Gacy. You just didn't suspect him of any of this. Just living his Was flying way under the radar. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get into the good stuff. Yeah. So moving along in history, forward on the timeline, we'll jump into the Great Witch Hunt. Because if this isn't serial killing, I sure as hell don't know what is. The Great Witch Hunt saw the gruesome torture of women accused of rich witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) Witchcraft. (laughs) Witchcraft. Women accused of witchcraft and can be best be explained when comparing them to other serial murders. Accused women were degraded, tortured, and mutilated, and often raped by church inquisitors. People believed that since this was a religious quest, the inquisitors would not act in such a sexual manner, but they super did, because they were bad motherfuckers and not in the good kind of way. In a really (laughs) terrible way. Yeah. The women were forced to confess to having sex with the devil. According to perverse pathological twisted sexual scenarios composed by these church inquisitors. So basically, they would just abuse these women terribly and then say, hey, guess what? You're going to say that you fucked the devil in this really terrible, more degrading way. Yeah. It's basically straight from a serial killer's handbook, honestly. Like, carrying out these acts and also the fact that they were applauded for them mm-hmm. because you know it wasn't like they were doing this in secret this was very public this was very open to the world and they just got their backs padded you know for hunting down these terrible terrible women yeah also the fact that they got them to confess to these things like i feel like is also part of the like sexual serial killers handbook because like yeah 110 percent because you are tell me you're this awful human being blah blah exactly blah. Mm-hmm. make it it's kind of one of those things. And make it sexy. That's not where I was going with that. <laughs> what I was thinking is, you know how um, some serial killers will specifically go for sex workers because they're like, oh, because they're a sex worker, it makes them less dead. Yes. It definitely seems like that to me. Like, oh, well, because we're going to say you're this terrible whore of a woman who fucked the devil. It doesn't matter if you die. Yeah. Yeah. It really does feel like they just wanted to... Do torture, rape, shit. and kill people. <laughs> so they did. So if it hasn't sounded that way to you yet, let me tell you more because I'm just so excited to get into the oh details. My God, the women were stripped naked and had all of their hair shaved, and then they were searched in their most secret places that cannot be named. Aww. To to start with. Oh, yes. I don't like that. Oh no, I don't either. It's just like. Thank yeah. you, someone in history is actually, like, gonna tell it how it actually right, was. We like, weren't just, like, I mean, uh, burning women at the stake isn't great either. They had but, a trial. In yeah. Front, no. No, don't. Bitch, no, they don't did not. Don't lie to me. If I ever go to Boston, though, and someone tries to sell me that, I'd be like, whoa there. Excuse me, sir. Hold on. Because <laughs> it's gonna wrong. be a dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't you mansplain to me right now. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Um, yes. Back to the seriousness of this. Afterwards, they were bound and restrained by the Inquisitor and his assistants and began pricking the accused witch with needles or she was scraped and probed with instruments as they searched for the supposed devil's mark. If this woman reacted in pain, she was assumed to be faking it. If she bled, it was a trick being played by the witch herself. So, Mm. yeah. Because, you know, having a normal physical response to pain. Yeah. Well, there's cut. a few there's a few other things they do uh. that and then they just kind of explain it as like this is just witchcraft. This is not a person actually reacting. Bitches. 
So the worst part is this. Gynecological probe and torture implements were applied to female genitals that turned and opened like jagged flower petals. It was heated and inserted into the accused woman's vagina, anus, or mouth and slowly screwed open. These people hunting witches were self-proclaimed experts, but I'm pretty sure they were just sadistic serial killers whose sadistic sexual fantasies were being blatantly fulfilled by these brutal acts of torture. I mean, I really feel like maybe it's offensive, but horror movies could be a lot better if we just looked at history. Oh my god. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. But like, stuff like that. Oh, it's like the book says so much more. I was like, this gets it for me. (laughs) Okay, maybe I don't need to read that book because like Oh, I'm feeling some pain right now. It is. That's the worst of it, I think, which is yeah. why I was like, I want to include this just so, like, you can... Understand exactly how what the fuck was going on. Brutal. They also, I mean, that was implemented along with other forms of torture, because this went on for days. This was not right. just, like, a one and done thing. Right. Because yeah. they're like, tell us you're a witch, and then we're just going to keep fucking with you exactly. until you say you're a witch. Yeah. Bitches. That's kind of the order of which it would go in. Moving away from there now. Moving forward down the timeline. Can't discuss serial killers without diving slightly into Jack the Ripper or H.H. Holmes, who also played a hand in changing the game of serial killing. Broad-based public fascination began in the late 1880s after a series of unsolved murders occurred in the Whitechapel area of London. These murders were committed by an unknown individual who named himself Jack the Ripper and sent letters to the police claiming to be the killer. There have been plenty of profiles created around the mysterious Jack the Ripper, much of which is focused on the removal of organs in the female victims. However, some people do theorize that maybe Jack the Ripper wasn't actually a physician and simply ripped open the victim and just took whatever they wanted, kind of like a buffet. Jack the Ripper would be part of the mixed classification of serial killers listed earlier. And serial homicide investigator slash profiler Robert Keppel took on the case and was led to believe that Jack the Ripper was gratified by violence, dominance, and the complete possession of his victim. Um, I actually saw a an article today oh. about Jack the Ripper and how there's some guy's journals that they found that have allegedly finally been authenticated to say. And finally. Post, finally. Um, it's been like a 12-year ordeal. Oh, wow. I guess. Well, maybe to... I really want Jack Ripper to be a female. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, still horrible, but you know. I have the perfect meme for this also that's going to get posted on our Instagram. And I found it like a month ago and I've been saving it specifically for this. Yeah. We also probably have an episode where we go way more into Jack the Ripper yeah. or H.H. H. Holmes. This is just like a this is just, sprinkling you know, of information. Just gliding past it on our historical adventure. Yeah. I don't think we haven't talked about we haven't talked about anything that no one knows, except for maybe the werewolf dude. Werewolf dude, Mr. <laughs> Devil Belt himself. Yeah. So H. H. Holmes was convicted for only one murder, which was of uh, which was of his employee and insurance fraud accomplice, Benjamin Pitzel. Pitzel? Doesn't matter. This dude. <laughs> it's fine. Um, there's evidence to suggest that Holmes took custody of Benjamin's children and eventually murdered them as well. Fuck. Yeah. Definitely would like to do a deep dive on Holmes. I mean. <laughs> Gotta say, interesting guy. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of information about that one. Yeah. Following his conviction for that one murder, Holmes confessed to 27 murders. Of those, only nine were proven to occur, like, that that could have been linked to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of those nine, only four could directly be linked to Holmes. Okay. Yeah. So these 27 murders definitely happened or people went missing and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. But uh, maybe like no bodies or anything. Yeah. And so there's a possibility that perhaps Holmes was involved in as many as 200 murders, but no conclusive evidence has ever been uncovered. Holmes is an excellent example of an organized serial killer, though. 110%. He had that shit on lock. Yeah. He also had the castle. He did have a castle. You know how fond I am of castles. <laughs> Not that one, I Not hope. Not <laughs> that one. Don't fuck with that one. Again, though, that'd be a really cool concept to have at, like, a Halloween Horror Nights, though. Like an H.H. H. Holmes theme? Yeah. Yeah. A castle. Yeah. You could just say it's based off of American Horror Story Hotel, because that's basically what it is. It's basically. It's based off of Holmes. There we go. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I'd fuck with that. Sure. 
Uh, moving forward in our time travel adventure. I might lose you here with I, my research. I feel like a Disney announcer right now, like I'm on Spaceship Earth. Because I'm like, <laughs> traveling forward in history. You're, you're the voice of the I'm Julie ride. Andrews. <laughs> I'm Julie Andrews. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany has fulfilled a dream for I'm us. so happy right now. So we're going forward to a time in history known as the serial killer epidemic. Just kidding. <laughs> it says there is a time in history. There is a time in history known as the serial killer epidemic. But something led to that outbreak of serial killers wandering the streets by the thousands. In the 50 years between 1900 and 1950, serial killers kept making their appearances with a hotspot of notorious lust killers in the chaos and degradation of post-World War I Germany. Yes, this is where I feel like I might lose Tiffany because she did not read this book that I got this. I did stuff not, from. and I start. I I mean, like I read this. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It like, follows. I it definitely tracks. There, there's a, there's a place we're going. We're going. We're, I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to be Julie Andrews, man. Uh, yes. Okay. So, <clears throat> oh man, I got the one with all the fucking names. Ugh. The earliest known gay serial killer was Fritz Harmon, who was 45. He raped and murdered 27 young men between 1918 and 1930. George Carl Grossman is thought to have killed 50 people between 1913 and 1920. It's also thought that George sold his victim's flesh at a hot dog stand. Though, didn't didn't do a deep dive on this, so that could be wrong, you know. What the fuck is this place? In Silesia? Silesia? Silesia. I don't know. In some place named Silesia or something like that. S-I-L-E-S-I-A. Silesia? It doesn't matter. In 1924, (laughs) police somewhere, probably in Europe, I'd imagine. uh, In In another small European city. (laughs) Guys, I'm trying. (laughs) I am not. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. (laughs) Saying things. Oh. In 1924, police found the remains of at least 30 people pickled in jars in the kitchen no. of serial killer Carl Denke's Inn. No, I don't pickle the people. Oh, no. yeah. They were pickled. That's too much. And in his inn. Too much. I bet he was serving in to guess. I mean, if you're not serving your human remains, what are you pickled doing with them? people. Damn. If you're pickling them, why? Damn. Yeah. Um, serial killing was only increasing during this time, and no peak was in sight. Neither was a basis of understanding what was causing this to occur more frequently. There is a fun fact. Yay! Yes. I love me a fun fact. 171 serial killers made their appearance over the span of these 50 years, which is an average of three new serial killers every year. Productive times. Yeah, and also... I don't know if you're paying attention. These serial killers spanned over multiple years. So while they were still doing their shit, three more came right. along just to do just theirs. continuously growing up. Yeah. You know, getting to that ripe old age of 28. Jesus. <laughs> Another predecessor of the serial killer epidemic can be seen when examining the culture of World War II. In the span of six years between 1939 and 1945, Nazis and their allies in Europe murdered people. Their victims were shot, gassed, tortured, hanged, battered, raped, mutilated, injected, drugged, poisoned, massacred, and subjected to medical experiments. A whopping total of 11 million people were murdered, and 6 million of them were Jewish. Americans were called to action to burn, to bomb and burn these cities to the ground, which was the first initiation of a less... Mm, I had trouble with this word last night. Chivalrous mm-hmm. uh, war, which had been the common understanding and others prior to this total war. So this time, women and children were targeted too. Before that, that they, I was gonna say, soldiers like, were noble. There are so many movies, like historical movies, yeah. and it's like you just see the like war is so gentlemanly. It and is. It's like well, we're it here at battle and we're going to all walk and yeah, we're all walking around and staring at each other. But guess what? As soon as we're all in formation, we're going to start shooting at each other in a very... But we're going to wait till then. But we're going to wait. To like, both sides are ready. We'll wait till you're ready. It's fine. <laughs> if you need a minute, it's cool. Yeah. Not 
Not and if this you one. like fucked with the women, like you were an asshole. Oh no, yeah, like I said, and women that and children all went out the window. <laughs> so I'm a history fan when it comes to the World Wars, which is pretty true. Uh, me and my dad bonded over it. Like we watched documentaries and like Band of Brothers and all that good stuff. He's really into him. So we, so you have like some experience sharing with like a sixty-year-old I mean, man. Like you could sit down with his fifties. But, like, I'm just saying not your dad specifically. You could oh. probably sit down with a 60-year-old man and talk some history. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. Nice. I, I mean, I'm not great with dates. It's fair. But. But. <laughs> I, but you I know. Some facts. I know things. You know some stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's something I enjoy. And when I say these things, I also know that the vets of World War II were the good guys. Like, I am... So aware of that, because this is going to get a little on the right <laughs> questionable side. So, however, that war was painful, and it caused many great men to be subjected to a lack of nobility in the slaughter of the bad guys they were tasked with. Many of our American boys returned home deeply disturbed by what they had experienced and witnessed. This was a time when what was seen in war wasn't talked about. America called troops to defend and protect, but when they returned, America didn't want to hear a peep about what was lost and sacrificed. Perhaps if we had, we could have predicted the serial killer epidemic. Mental health, dudes. Mental health. For and it's the not dudes. even until after the Vietnam War did PTSD ever. Right. Yeah, that because wasn't that a wasn't a thing. Yeah. So. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Which is years after this one. <laughs> A major clue of the epidemic lay in the overlooked popular True Detective in men's adventure magazines, also referred to as The Sweats. They began to feature tales of woman hunting, rape, torture, cannibalism, mutilation, and killing. And just as an FYI, a supposed cause of creating a serial killer is exposure to violence at a young age. Now, many of these magazines would be listed as favorite childhood or adolescent reading by some of the golden age killers to come. So people are just making up these stories or quote unquote making up these stories to go in these magazines and everybody's just consuming them. I have some pictures of the magazine covers I'll show you. I want to see that. They, they're they not like real photos, but in the magazines have real photos right. of it. But the front of the cover is like a illustrated image. Uh-huh. Some of the magazines featured bound and battered women in reference to the Nazi rape atrocities with headlines like Damn Beauties for the Nazi Horror Museum or Shriek for Death, My Little One. Yeah, it's definitely a what the fuck, America. And this was this was America-based. Yeah, what the fuck? This did not come from other places. <laughs> other magazines, like the National Enquirer before it was a gossip rag, published stage photos of bondage mixed in with horrific crime scene photos and tales of sex, death, and mutilation, which featured headlines like, I like to see nude women lying in blood, or sex monsters, the slut hitchhiker's last ride to doom. Why are they like this? So that's one. Okay. Here's another. Okay, so I need to see this in relation to the original Wonder Woman. (laughs) <laughs> because the original Wonder Woman people got mm-hmm. <laughs> the fuck yeah. what the fuck the lust trick the newest gimmick of sex star I fucking hate that so you know inside though it's it's right it's porn basically it's porn right it's like which is fine well no porn is fine well, yeah, I was gonna say, we've already talked about that like, also, it shouldn't be readily available for children to consume. No, and my next thing is going to tie in as to why it's not okay. Yeah. So, I guess my biggest beef here is that these magazines all shared the one thing in common, which I just showed Tiffany. The front pages. A bound woman who wore tattered clothing that exposed herself as she submitted to the fearful madman who was about to torture her. To me, it just dates back to the great witch hunt and the torture that was featured there. Seems like the mindset of torture and the sexual satisfaction gained from it never really changed. So maybe there is no history and perhaps there only ever was serial killers. However, young boys who are traumatized, abused, vengeful, or isolated probably withdrew into a fantasy world often about control and revenge. You combine those thoughts and trauma with puberty, you've easily sexualized control. It's such a simple mixture yeah 
Like It does not take much. It doesn't take much when you're dealing with young kids. No. And you don't have to be serial killer either to have this, like... Right. Sexualization of control. That's just... <laughs> That's just a thing. Yeah. No. So, quickly, we do need to touch on something, which might be controversial. Oh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> it is important to mention. Um, American liberators in Britain, France, and Germany raped 14,000 to 17,000 women between 1942 to 1945, which is just what is estimated. Now, the vast majority of American GIs, of course, did not participate in this crime. But if the low end of the estimate of 14,000 is in relation to the 1.5 million American troops, that means roughly 1% of them committed this crime. And everybody else potentially witnessed it. um, Or, as in most cases, did know something about it. And were left with the burden of keeping the secret as... They were a band of brothers who all faced dire circumstances together. And at that point, especially as control and this idea of the macho man who gets whatever he wants and these women are just lying to you know, to do whatever. I mean, to be liars. Protecting potentially like Nazis and that idea. Right. Which you're told, kill these people because right. that's... <laughs> You're, you're in a total war with people who are using genocide as a, a way of right. fixing their problems. Right. Which isn't even a thing. No, it's not. It's not a thing. So, you're probably thinking, wow, that is awful, but what does this have to do with the history of serial killers? I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting there, Lindsay. <laughs> well, I am, because I've, qu- I've got my statistics You have here. your stats right I know. Here. Tiffany didn't like my stats all bunched together, so, so I spread them out. I am so glad, because I was like... Numbers, I can't look at this. <laughs> me, I'm like, yes, no, give me all I can't the do stats that. real quick. Yeah, so 57% of serial killers had both parents, while 47% saw their father leave before age 12. I don't know about the other in between. That's not important here. <laughs> so I'm going to quote the book that I base much of my research on. A broken generation of men either raised or abandoned a dysfunctional generation of boys who would emerge as epidemic serial killers, the sons of Cain. So he theorizes that our sudden surge of serial killers is connected to the traumatized men who returned home from World War II. His research led him to the realization that many of our golden age serial killers were either being raised during the Second World War or after it. And since many of our serial killers are created early in life, as early as five years old even, he connected those dots. And it makes sense to me. He was looking at it from a, like, family interaction, basically that can cause serial killers and what the serial killer's fathers may have been going through at the time of their upbringing. Yeah, like like we talked about before, it wasn't until after the Vietnam War that PTSD was something that was actually accepted and talked about as being a thing. So the men returning home from the Second World War had no place to turn to deal with and recover from the trauma of participating in that war where they were witnessing mass genocide and all these horrible atrocities. Now, they were requested to participate to the fullest extent, which meant taking the lives of possibly innocent people since we're in a total war fighting with this country that's committing mass genocide. The real problem kicked off in the 50 years between 1950 and 2000, which has also uh, been called the golden age of serial killers, which is why we've been referencing that this entire time. That's the more famously known serial killers, basically. Right, where you'll see a lot of the dudes, which I think we're going to... I think you're going to mention some uh, yeah, of these Yeah, some of them, yeah. So this is when serial killers were making front page news. Serial killers, both real and fictional, was a major genre in literature, movies, and television. Real serial killers, such as Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez, were gaining groupie-like fans. Though that was not the first time such a following centered around a serial killer, this had previously occurred in the 1895 Theodore Durant case. Mm-hmm. Durant? I don't know. Durant. Serial murder was also creeping onto American television with a dramatic rise of other types of violence in the 60s. Some of those moments include the Boston Strangler, which spanned over 1962 to 1964, the Watts riots that took place in 1965, and eventually the Manson murders that occurred in 1969. This suddenly felt like a man-made plague of violence in the 60s as America attempted to hold on to the elusive idea of American innocence featured in shows like Leave It to Beaver. 
Oh, if we're being honest, it never really existed in the first place. That's just kind of what everybody was pretending. Yeah, or at least wanted to pretend. (laughs) Right, or it was more convenient to believe that. It was easier. More serial killers began popping up from 1960 to 1990. So Ed Kemper, Charles Manson, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, David Berkowitz. Son of Sam. Yeah, thank you. Jeffrey Dahmer named only a small few of the serial killers as the epidemic continued. According to the Radford University and Florida Gulf Coast University Serial Killer Database, out of 2,236 serial killers on record in the U.S. between 1990 and 2000, 82%, which is 1,840 serial killers, made their appearance between 1970 and 2000. That is just mind-boggling. I don't even, where did they come from? (laughs) Where did they come from? Where did they go? Seriously, though. <laughs> well, they all went to jail, hopefully, and then next Fingers shooting. crossed. <laughs> They're all dead, I hope. So, yeah, just to break that down a little bit more, in the 70s, 543 new serial killers appeared in the U.S., followed by 692 in the 80s, and another 614 new serial killers emerged in the 90s. So each day, a new serial killer was creating a historical and cultural milestone as it was publicized on network television, with no other channels to turn to, really. Yeah, a study of 431 serial killer cases in the U.S. between 1800 and 2004 found that 65%, which is 234 cases, occurred between 1970 and 2004. So America hit its serial killer epidemic peak in 1993 and has seen a decline ever since. Some claim it to be caused by social, technical technological, forensic, psychological, cultural, and historical advances. Basically, it's harder to get away with now yes. than it used to be in the 70s, slash there are a lot of other this is what outlets. Alex says. <laughs> well, there are also a lot of other outlets, like yeah. people who, for instance, because I think it's the most obvious, given what we've talked about to this point, like people who find like sexual pleasure in seeing people get killed, which if you get sexual pleasure from that you need to go talk to somebody but you know what that's what the dark web is for yeah i was gonna say there well i mean there's just not dark web porn that features that it's it's true real it's true but like there is there is or mental health assistance i just feel like mental health assistance because i'm not here to like kink shame you (laughs) or fetish shame you or anything like that but if you think you need to kill somebody to get sexual pleasure you need to fucking talk to someone that's that's the fine line. There's that. So, to sum all of this up, there is a new theory of another peak in serial killings. Da-da-da. Which, I'm not going to lie, I'm mildly stoked for. Are you? Are you kidding me? Yeah. We have something new to talk about for once instead of all the same stories. Which sounds awful, but, you know, Alex disagrees with this whole thing now. Okay. Yeah. Like so, the whole theory? Yeah. He thinks that there'll be more, like, mass murders, but not serial killers, because okay. it's too difficult to stay a serial killer and not get caught. Okay. So, America could see another peak coming 20 to 25 years after 2008. So, you know, in the next, like, 10 years right. or so. Fortunately, not as many women and men fought in the war against terror, even though it was just as brutal. The author of Sons of Cain can't see it leaving a trace like World War II did due to the lower number of troops. So it's not going to have such a severe backlash on the upcoming generation. Okay. Like that war did. Okay. Also, we're not posting things like, you know, the men's magazines. Right. Right. That's <laughs> not- culture's a little bit, you know- I was going to say that's not more just progressive. on the rack at the supermarket. No, it's not. But life is traumatic without going to war. Not only did we fight a war on terror, but we also witnessed the recession that destroyed families. So when the peak of 2030 rolls around this time, we may hear stories of normal families and that my dad lost his job and committed suicide or became a drug addict or an alcoholic. Uh, The loss of a father figure is almost always common in any of these serial killers. I was going to say there's always usually a parent missing, whether it's a father or a mother, like. In a lot of these cases, you see, like, like parental neglect usually from them just not being there. Yeah. So instead of Nazi and war influences, it will be the narrative of lost normalcy from the next surge of serial killers, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes sense that, like, I just don't know how to pinpoint it because so much fucked up shit goes on. Like, so many terrible things have happened within the last 15 years. 
that I'm honestly surprised that we haven't seen a spike before then. Like, well, especially looking at this information overall. Like I've been saying, the average serial killer kills about 28 years old. Our generation. That is what you have said. Hasn't quite gotten there yet. Who really were the children. Most I mean, we're like the, I think, older of the children that felt the impacts of the recession and stuff in 9-11. But we're not 28 yet. We are not 28. So there's even younger kids. That's true. That were affected potentially. That that's true. They're still, their mind is still being developed. That's true. Something that's interesting, but also will make you feel old as fuck, mm-hmm. is I was talking to this kid the other day. Yeah. And they were like, oh shit, you were alive when 9-11 happened. And I was like, Barely. I was barely alive. Cool. Thanks. Do you remember what you were doing when that happened? I do. We were homeschooling, man. <laughs> I was at real school. <laughs> no, I was. So, okay. Story Tell time. me what you were doing. Yeah, walk me through it. So, we would go to my aunt's house with my four cousins. They had the old single wide trailer that they used to live in before they built their house. And that was the school trailer. And so we were in the school trailer, and for some reason, like, my cousins were in their house. I think they were, like, having their lunchtime, or either we had done something to fuck up, and my parents were like, we need to separate the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were in the school trailer. They were in the house. They had the news on, and they saw it. And I just remember my cousin Whitney, like, ran across the yard and was like, you guys have to come to the house right now. Mama says it's an emergency. And, yeah, we just walked across, and I was like, oh. All right, fine. Okay, this is a thing. I was pissed because I was in first grade learning about nocturnal <laughs> animals. My mom pulled me out of school and I was like, Mom, what the hell? <laughs> I was learning about nocturnal animals, bitch. I do remember that, though. I was, I was, you know, little, probably six or seven years old. Yeah, I, I just remember, like, my aunt got on the phone with my Uncle David and then my mom called my dad before we even drove home, which was less than a mile away. Yeah. And then we like drove home and then we I just remember staying home for a long time after that. Um, I don't remember seeing it on TV. Of course I remember seeing it like right, like as after. an adult. My brother though, who I mean was born in ninety eight. So yeah. he was a little thing. Um, he actually watched it happen live on TV. Oh no. And told my mom that like there's a second plane and everything. So my mom was on the phone. Yeah. And he's the one who told her. So, yeah, of course, she pulled us out of school because, like, we don't know what the fuck is happening. Can you imagine how chilling that is? Because probably he didn't articulate it as, hey, mom, there's a second plane. He was probably like, mommy, another plane or something like like that. uh, Yeah, that's fucking chilling. We then played a game in the backyard because we lived really close to, like, a small, tiny airport, like those little tiny planes. Planes would constantly fly overhead. Yeah. We played a game where, like, we hid from the planes because of 9 11 and, like, we just made a game and, like, laughed about it. We'd, like, hide under, like, tree branches and Man. stuff in the backyard. Kids are assholes. They're like, My hey, parents probably like, what the hell do we I do? I was going to say, like, hey, let me take this horribly traumatic life event that a lot of They're people resilient. have experienced. Well, that's true. Except for <laughs> when you raise them to become serial killers. <laughs> You're not so resilient then when things keep happening. When things keep happening and you're exposed to all this shit and there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Also, real quick, a lot of this theory of the war being having such an impact, like World War II, that is mostly the theory of that author that I base a lot of my research on. So don't come for us if you don't agree. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it is interesting. There are a lot of theories out there. This is just one that made sense to us as In a our- good explanation to the timeline. Yes. Yeah. Because... I think we can all agree statistically, like, there's a timeline. So this is a theory that made sense to the timeline. But if you have a different theory that you think is maybe more valid, then we would love to hear about it. Yes. Like, we want, like... Because neither one of us are, like, against... No, for sure. Like... (laughs) That's not what we're about. Shit has happened in the past. We're just talking about it and trying to figure out a way to make it all make sense. That was the whole point of this. That was the whole point of this. And I know I learned more. Yeah? I did. Also, I'm still geeking inside about the devil belt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get you that for your birthday now. (laughs) I just imagine it's probably like a wrestling belt. Yes. But more furry. The wrestling belt with a fur (laughs) strap instead. Some giant W. Yeah. 
No, a DW. Missing, now all I can <laughs> now I can think of is SpongeBob. <laughs> oh my god! Why does it always come back to SpongeBob with me? It always circles back, and I don't know why. All right. Well, like we shamelessly plugged before, you can find us all over the social medias on Instagram at Luminol Cocktail Pod, on Facebook at Luminol Cocktail Podcast. And we also have a website, which is Lindsay's Baby, which is luminolcocktail.com. Find us. Let us know what you think. Send us an email. Send us a DM. Yep. And this episode, like always, will have a blog post, which I'm currently working on. So if we lost you somewhere and all of the dates and names and stats, there'll be a version of that online. (laughs) Or you could just read the book Sons of Cain. That's an option, too. That's where a lot of it came from. Or you can go to the FBI website. Oh, yeah, that, too. There's that. We will see you guys next time for another round of Luminon Cocktails.